Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart-ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart ass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hey everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome everybody. Welcome back. So what did we watch Friday night? We watched a documentary? No. Mm. What did we watch Friday night? Oh, we watched Rockstar. Oh, sorry. Thursday night. Thursday night. Uh, Rockstar. We watched Rockstar. Yes. Which is what? Which is is a movie about... (laughs) It's a Mark Wahlberg movie. It's a Mark Wahlberg movie. And Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) From 2003. And Jennifer Aniston's nipples. Yeah. She's got... Great tits. She does. Yeah. But that's not what the movie's about. It should be. (laughs) That could be its own movie. (laughs) It's about a local guy who sings in a tribute band. Not a cover band, a tribute band. A tribute band. Uh, Do you know the difference between... I don't mean to digress already, but do you know the difference between a tribute band and a cover band? I feel like a cover band is impersonating and a tribute band is paying tribute to. What's what's the difference between impersonating and paying tribute because an person if you're an impersonator you're just trying to be the thing you're impersonating whereas if you're a tribute band you're like a real musician and you think their music is so amazing so you want to bring their music to everybody else you know i think there's a lot of drag queens out there they're going to be upset to say i am a real performer i am a real musician yeah but i don't think you can equate a tribute band and a drag performer (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just me. A cover band, mm-hmm. they do covers 
by everybody. No, cover bands cover all different kinds of things. They do, they do songs that you're familiar with, but they do them in their own way or they do their best. But it could be, you know, maybe a little bit of Steve Miller band, maybe a little bit of the Eagles, maybe a little bit of this. It's like your bar bands, right? A tribute band looks like the band they're paying tribute to. They sound like it. They have similar, you know, costuming and look. So Mark Wahlberg is the lead singer of a Steel Dragon cover band. What's the name of the cover band? Uh... Shit. I can't remember. I can't remember. But they but it's something is named after like one of their obscure tracks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and you'll find that a lot of you'll find that with with tribute bands yeah. is that they'll pick. So I know someone who's in a BG's tribute band. And the name of the band is Staying Alive, I think. Staying Alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little on the nose, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then what happens? The So the lead singer of this band and it's based it's loosely based on the story of Judas Priest? Yeah. Yeah. Where the lead singer left. Yep. And then they found a regular guy to take over and be the lead singer. Yeah. And that's the premise of this movie. Mark yeah. Wahlberg's at a show and he gets record. He, he kind of has this interaction with the lead singer and then they're having their tribute band show and somebody films it and sends it to the band mm-hmm. and it kind of coincides with the lead singer leaving the band mm-hmm. and they bring him in for an audition and just as he gets there, is it the lead singer from Steel Panther? From Steel Panther? Yeah. There's a lot of There's a ton of cameos. rock royalty cameos. Yeah. Would you say Steel Panther is rock royalty though? In my mind it is. <laughs> and mean, I'm sure in your mind it is. Okay, I'm definitely putting Community Properties video <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah. yeah if you sure. haven't heard Community Property, you need to listen to it right now. Yeah. But and it's not safe we can, for work. We, I think we should start a cheating on fear playlist. John Bonham's son? Is in it, yeah, and Zach Wild is in it. Yeah, he has a, actually a pretty extensive. Role he has a in pretty it. big role, yeah. And what is the point of all everybody? All of our listeners are like, what is the point of this story? What is the point of, of the point of the story rockstar. is about the rock star lifestyle, uh. and it's after the first par- the first show that Mark Wahlberg does as the lead singer of this band, and they have this ginormous after party huge after party which culminates in what i would and and i I don't know do we mention that jennifer aniston is his girlfriend in the movie we didn't but we just mentioned her tits but now she's his girlfriend slash manager slash manager in the movie and at this after party it culminates in this apparent ginormous orgy yes where they both wake up in this hotel room in separate like She's in the bedroom with four, three other people in the bed, yeah. and he wakes up in the living room where there's literally it looks like it looks like a bacchanal. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, mannequin massacre. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> because it does look like it. There's it just, just looks like people everywhere. are just placed on their sides with their tits out, just everywhere. Like everybody was fucking. <laughs> everybody and was then fucking. somebody went. And, Sleepy time. And, and everybody just passed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so they both stumble into the hallway and to their room. And they're just looking at each other like, what the He's fuck? He's got no pants on. That's right. He's got no pants. She's wrapped in a sheet. Yeah. Yeah. And they're walking into their hotel room. And they basically say to each other, what? Like, do you want to talk about what happened? Should we talk about yeah. it? Uh, no. And and Jennifer Aniston character is like, no. 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 
I don't want to talk about this. We'll just chalk that up to, you know. And and Mark Wahlberg's character is really, like, he's very much like a Pollyanna type. He's very naive. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's just this, like, he knows all the trivia of the band. And yeah. he just lives and breathes being in, like, just channeling the lead singer mm-hmm. of this band as the lead singer of his trivia but band. But he's completely unprepared for but he life really, on the road he, with a uh, yeah. major metal band and yeah. dominic west plays the leader of the slash band. bass player of the or yeah. guitar player of the band yeah and i mean he, one of the main writers of the band he's right? kind of a dick just like he is in every movie yeah anyway it's it's a nugget of a movie if you're looking for something fun and frothy dominic dominic west is in 300 right yeah was he the evil senator yes oh that's right yeah 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 also have you seen chicago uh no a little bit of it, but musical movies are not musicals are not my thing. Musical Bro. movies are less than my thing. Okay, I've got it. We can watch it. Oh, you're watching it. Oh, this is what we're doing. Today I don't now. have it. I don't have Chicago. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll see when we get when we finish a podcast. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Now that you've seen Hamilton, I feel like your hymen is broken, and we I can I can shove in. Yeah, but that's because Hamilton has so much BDE. I feel like Chicago oh. is not. No, 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 no. Isn't no, 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 isn't no. Um, Mr. Pretty Woman in it? Isn't yeah, Richard, Richard Gere. Gere. He's yeah. in it. Yes, you'll love him. He's got some BDE. Anyway, <laughs> he totally does. He totally does. He totally does. There's some there's some classic shit in there. Anyway, all, right. all to say, Rockstar is a gem of a movie. It's a gem of a movie. Okay. You should watch it. Okay. But the reason that it struck me that that scene struck me, I remember watching it years and years ago, and and kind of going, oh wow, that's. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. Okay. Oh, what? What? I was just gonna say. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm thinking of that scene just before they were. They meet up in the hallway at the room, Uh and the chick that had been heavily flirting with the two picked them up at the airport. Both of them. Yeah. Was flirt like to Jennifer? Your tits are they yours? And she's like, I'm. I. I don't know. And they're fantastic. Yeah. And then she's looking at. Mark Wahlberg's dick in his pants. His crotch. And, yeah, like his see what his pants are so tight you can see what religion he is, right? And and you're like, wow, she's like hitting on them hard. And then right before he goes to the room, he's like, Are you wearing my pants? As she's peeing standing up in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Who, by the way, it is it's established very quickly and just fleetingly that she used to date the singer of the, the lead singer. Uh, that leaves. That leaves. He says because he's gay. He says that they pushed him out because he's gay. And then like blows Mark Wahlberg's minds that a bunch of songs were about a guy and yeah. not a girl. <laughs> anyway. Great movie. It, all to say the reason for all of this is because a couple of weeks ago we watched a documentary. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, maybe there's no parallel here, but Rockstar didn't piss me off as much as this documentary pissed me off. Now, there's a thing about this documentary. Uh-huh. Are we going to spoil it now or should I wait till the end? No, don't spoil it. Okay, all right. But if you haven't seen this documentary, you should, or this this film, it was on HBO Max. It aired a couple of weeks ago, like early February, I think, 2021. I so you can find it there. Yeah. And probably on Crave or something in Canada. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we should ruin it. But okay, but, but you don't want to listen, like stop this now. Because we are going to kind of pull it apart and there's some surprises in it that it's best if you are surprised watching it and you don't yeah. let us surprise you with it. It's kind of like the Queen's Gambit yeah. episode. Like, don't listen to it unless you have seen the Queen's Gambit or 
you don't plan on or never plan on you know and you want to be smart around the water cooler at the virtual zoom workplace (laughs) when people are talking about this okay so so this documentary i mean there are lots of weird ass depictions of non-monogamy in popular media yeah just like there have been classically and it's starting to change a little bit maddening portrayals of lgbtq people in popular media yes and it seems like this documentary it that non-monogamy has not moved forward at all according to this documentary well i have a theory about that we'll get into that okay what my theory is on it so the documentary that we watched is called there is no i in threesome right which is a ridiculous title yeah, even I think I said to you when we started watching it, there is no I in threesome. I think we were five minutes in and yeah. I said, there's no I in threesome, but there is a nightmare, which is what this documentary is. Yeah, it it's, is an absolute It's a literal nightmare. nightmare. It's a yeah, nightmare. It is. The premise is, is there is this... Okay, first of all, before I even get to the premise, mm-hmm. I will say this. The star of this documentary yes. is not the filmmaker or his girlfriend or anybody else they bring into this. okay. The absolute standout Oscar-winning performance in this entire documentary mm-hmm. is New Zealand. Because <laughs> that's where it's filmed. That is true. Yes. And that was it, the only part I enjoyed was and the it scenery. Is, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's, in that I'm sense, not going. We need to go. Okay. Come on. We'll go to Australia first. And I heard we'll the spiders rape you there. Like it's, In Australia. Oh, in, in Australia. New Zealand. Okay. There's nothing right. venomous in New Zealand. You don't have to worry about it. There's not even COVID in New Zealand. No, not at the moment. No. So so the, the premise is, is that the filmmaker is this German guy who we're not German sure. Indian. German Indian living in New Zealand. We don't know if he moved there or he was raised there or whatever. But No. Well, I don't think he was Ollie. raised there because his the, he talks to his mother on FaceTime. Yeah, they're FaceTiming a lot. Yeah. So they're Ollie. And, and, and this guy, Ollie, I... <laughs> I remember writing this down and chuckling to myself and you going, what's so funny? Oh, and yeah, I'm like, you're going to tell me when we're recording. So if you want to picture what this Ollie guy looks oh, right. like. Yes. Tell he me. looks like a combination between Vince Vaughn and Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. And not in a good way. No, no, like take the worst thing. I mean, you can I don't think mean of. to make fun of people's looks. It's not that's not my. It's attention. not his look. It's, it's just, his. It's his it's mannerisms. His demeanor. Right? Yeah, his yeah. demeanor. Yeah, he comes across in this as incredibly passive in mm. his own life, mm-hmm. and it's a theme that runs through this. It's like a. It's like he walks in with a victim mentality. Absolutely. Yeah, and he is engaged to Zoe. Yes. Who is? Who is his fiance? And she's an actress. She's an a- wannabe actress. I think she does get stuff. She she gets some stuff. But okay. I mean, it's not like she moves to Hollywood. She moves to like a bigger city in New Zealand. <laughs> Doesn't like, isn't the entire population of New Zealand like a million people? I think it's more than a million. Is Australia it? is about 19 million. So Are, I feel I'm like... I'm talking about New Zealand. I feel like New Zealand is... Maybe three or four million people, something like that. Okay. All right. So they, they're engaged mm-hmm. and they decide, Ollie feels like he didn't fuck enough people in, in his yeah. 20s. Yeah. And I guess, Zoe I guess Zoe hasn't fucked enough people ever and no shade, just saying like whatever. And so they decide it's 12 months before their wedding Yes. And they have decided they're going to open their relationship 
for a year yeah. to get it out of their system. And they said that several times, get it out of their system. What is your opinion on getting it out of your system? I feel like this isn't the kind of thing that you're just going to do and be like, I did it. Like, I think it's if you out of my system, I think if you have a peanut butter and dill pickle sandwich <laughs> just to see what it's like and you try it and, and you, you know, you're kind of like, well, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't think you're ever going to have another peanut butter and dill pickle sandwich ever again. But I feel like if you start having... Like the ghost pepper challenge is getting it out of your system. Right. Nobody's going to eat that hottest <laughs> potato chip challenge. They can do it once and they're never going to do it again. And I feel like that's the way Ollie approached this. Is like, both did. Yeah. Well, we'll get into okay. Zoe's sort of motives in All it. Right. But, but Ollie kind of approached it like, I just need to make sure I've tried all the sex I want to try. Sure. And then to say that I've done it, and then I'll be okay to marry Zoe and never have that sex ever again. And I have a problem with that. Yeah. Because I feel like, first of all, they were setting themselves up for failure. Oh, yeah. It is it is delusional to imagine that you would do the emotional work to open a relationship only to sew it up 12 months later and think, yeah, we're good now. And if you've ever put a little bit too much toothpaste on your toothbrush... <laughs> And then gone, oh shit, that, that's too much. I don't want that. And then you like scrape it back on your, your toothpaste tube. Uh -huh. You know you can't get that shit back in the tube. It's And I feel like That this is a is, gorgeous analogy. Well, but that is what this movie was like. It was like, hey, look, we'll just cap that toothpaste when we're done and everything will be cool. Well, we'll squeeze it all out on the counter first. Right, and then and then scrape it all back in and then close yeah. it and it'll be fine. And it's and just not going to work. And everybody knows. And you know from the beginning it's going to be a disaster. You know how you know it's going to be a disaster at the beginning? When they're camping. No. I'll tell you how when you know it's going to be a disaster. Okay. It's really interesting the way they open it. So they go to this pool, this Olympic-sized pool... Right, and they climb oh, up yeah, to the top yeah, of yeah, this high dive. They're like that. They're like the platform, way up high. It's like twenty or like thirty they, feet. They up. they show the shot from the top, and it almost made me throw up. Well, and they're naked. And they're naked. Well, they get naked. Right. And they're supposed to jump off together. And I guess the symbolism is we're jumping into this on, in the deep end and together. Right, with GoPros on our head and stuff. And they're both terrified, and mm -hmm. he's even more terrified than she is. And they both go to jump and she lets go and he jumps and she stays on top of the platform. It almost, and that looks, was... it almost looks like she pushed him. <laughs> and the, you know what I wrote on my, you know what I wrote on my notes here? What's it's that? right at the beginning of my notes. I wrote, bitch. <laughs> that's what I wrote. Because I thought, that's a fucking horrible thing to do. Where yeah. you just go, come on, let's do this thing. Come on, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then you fucking let them jump and you just stay there because it's safer for you. Fuck you. And it was incredibly exquisitely prophetic mm -hmm. but again the filmmaker I, had a motive behind I, all of this I, and I it all that. ties in but it was it was it was well done but, but anyway but at the beginning of the movie because this is a documentary mm -hmm. you feel like it's chronological yes so they've said you know he's done the voiceover you know with mm -hmm. meadows and fucking flowers and shit <laughs> about how they're going to open up their relationship for that year and we're just going to and we're you know, it's going to be a journey. Cut to like high diving board, yeah. push off, only one goes in. And you're like, what the fuck? Okay, so this is clearly isn't going to go well. 
And also that whole thing about we're just going to open it for a year and get it out of our systems. Then we're going to get married and everything's going to be amazing after that. I. It was a binary choice. I mentioned to you that that stunk of one of my least favorite people's about face on non-monogamy where this guy was was pretty much the poster child for non-monogamy and also how to do it wrong and hurt as many people as you possibly can along the way. And then you add a final insult to injury to all of those people and you turn around and you enter into a sacred union with one person and basically like, yeah, I don't do that non-monogamy shit anymore because my union is sacred. And it was basically a fuck you to everybody in the poly community and the non-monogamous community of that. Obviously there's a hierarchy of connection and relationship and commitment and that sacred unions at the top. Sacred union (laughs) is the pinnacle of self-actualized connection with another human being and so then everybody else just disappears like thor's snap of his fucking thanos's snap what did i say thor <laughs> it's because we saw that clip of it's gotta, thor and it's gotta and be the Paul accent Rudd. yeah <laughs> it's gotta be the accent. thanos god damn it i was on a roll too that really that pissed me off that i misspoke there but anyway so the next thing that they have are the rules right so they're like it's really sweet they're in a tent somewhere and the light's really soft yeah it's it's very very sweet and they're like okay so if we're gonna do this we need to have some rules yeah so and the rules are there were there were four rules was there four i thought there was only three there's four four rules okay number one was the health and happiness of the relationship comes first Mm -hmm. number two plenty of warning yep for like if you're gonna be with somebody yeah okay number three only samesies. Yeah. Because they're both bisexual. Yes. Well, he wants to explore his bi side. Well, but yeah, but they're both yeah. bisexual. Yeah, but... And... I think she's more established as a bisexual than he is at the, at the at the outset. I think, to be fair, that's a lot easier for women to explore their bi side than yeah, for men to I do mean, that. It's not you hear about You hear about the issues with bisexual men all the time where straight women won't date them because mm-hmm. they don't want another dick involved in their relationships. And a lot of people that deny male bisexuality where it's just the last stop on the way to being gay to gay town and it's it's rude it and hurtful Mm -hmm. and so that was one thing that i would say that i liked about it was that didn't seem like a big deal at all right zoe didn't seem to be bothered in any way that ollie was exploring his bisexual side not at all that was rule two that was rule three oh that was three sorry and number four Honesty is paramount before and right. after. And and on the surface, these seem like reasonable. The same season one, I think, is is probably one that most people wouldn't put in there. But I think the other three rules I seem... think if you're going to play separately, I, I think a lot of people would be more comfortable with samesies. Like okay. you and I have talked about that, where right. the only the only way you'd really be comfortable with me playing separately from you is if it was a woman. Not the only way, but... It's it's easier for me to, to. I'm narrowing my eyes at you right I now. I know you are. It's and I'm I'm picking up my fingernail here uh, and not making eye contact, <laughs> which I would also be okay with. I know. I'd rather see it, but I know. But I it's 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 an easier one for me to wrap my head around. Okay, you'd rather see it though too. You'd rather be there. Oh, I I mean, always I, I would know, rather. Man visually i would rather yes see all of it 
And participate. Well, yes. Well, but yes. the point is, of these rules, I think three of those four rules are fairly universal. And I think that they're good rules for uh-huh. people starting out. Yeah. But there has to be, there's one critical thing that has to be there for any of that to work. Follow them? Well, two things. <laughs> okay. Trust. Yes. There has to be trust that your partner is going to abide by the same set of rules that you are going to abide by. Because if they're not, this whole thing is going to fall apart. And the first thing they do is violate all of those rules. Yeah. they. I don't even think they waited. No. I think the very next scene, it was her yeah. calling him about some guy she'd fucked. Yeah. And you're just like, so where's oh. the... Where's the notice where's the keeping feelings paramount yeah where's the same z's yeah like, no yeah like just boom gone yes because she goes to that other city yeah she to, moves she to, moves to the capital to for a job yeah because there's more and, acting work there and i'm not i'm not slut shaming people can fuck as many people as they want but mm. i the, it the the depiction in the movie was like maybe four different men where she would just say oh yeah like i fucked this guy and i did this and i did that and he was like I got a new bike helmet. Yeah, I got a, I got a new high-vis vest for biking to work. And she's like, well, that's great. Like, that's cool. So... Uh, I, I also got the feeling that he was insecure and self-conscious about the size of his penis. Yes, because they had a scene. I, they lived in like a like an Airstream trailer yes. at the back of a yard or something I like think that. It's, is it Airstream or Jetstream? Airstream? Airstream, Airstream. or okay, like the okay. silver... Yeah, kinda, okay, yes, okay. Yeah, and and they're having this very real scene about, you know, they got like an Amazon delivery or something. Mm-hmm. And also one of the things that was in the delivery besides like there's a vibrator or something was a penis pump. Right. And she turns the camera on him and is like, what is this for? And he's like, well, you do this and, and it makes it bigger and... and and you put water in and whatever. And she's like, but why? He's like, well, to make it bigger. What do you want to make bigger? I want to make my dick bigger. Why? Because I think you'll like it if it's bigger. And other people will like and it. And other people will like it if it's bigger. And I mean, we get to see it later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think, when, when, <laughs> I, I wonder if part of the reason he agrees doesn't kick up any dust about the violation of the Samesies rule is because he feels insecure about the size of his penis and he figures, well, if she gets to have all the dick before we get married, then she won't feel like she's missing out on anything. Except I don't know a lot of women who are like, ooh, I really don't like this dick. This doesn't really work for me. But let me marry it and spend the rest of my life with just that dick. Well, especially after you get all the other dick. (laughs) And get dick that you like and you enjoy and then go, you know what? That was fun, but I'm going to go back to this less than satisfying dick. (laughs) I maintain that's why many insecure men want virgins. Because they don't fucking know any better. Because they don't know any better. No. Or low notch count That's why they stay the fuck away from me. Because I know what's up. (laughs) (laughs) I Fuck off, red pillars. I'm not for you. I think there there is definitely a lot of attention by penis holders or havers and people who like penises Uh on the size yes but i think there is a lot less attention paid to the other things you can do yes regardless of the size of your penis but that is very much a heteronormative focus on penis and vagina sex 
Well, I don't know. I mean, if you if you're a gay dude, I think the size of the penis matters in some ways as well. Sometimes. Sometimes. But I mean, there you know. But I also think that it's a branding problem. A lot of people that aren't straight also have a better vocabulary of what is possible to count as sex. And look, if you're one of these people that has a small penis, you don't go out and say, I have a small dick. Branding, okay? I have a dick <laughs> built for anal, okay? There, there you, you go. go. There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wisdom from Dante. There you go. <laughs> Even though they do have rules, mm-hmm. they don't seem to have boundaries very well established, though. No. Well, in what way? I mean, in the way that... Like, we set rules when mm-hmm. we decided what we wanted our relationship to look like. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about those rules in very practical terms. Right. Like, what if this happens? Or what about that? Or how do you feel about this? Or what if this scenario well, presents itself? How would you like that to go? Well, specifically when we were talking about our break, right before yes. we went on our, where we went into the freezer. Yes. We talked about, okay, so what's acceptable? What's not acceptable? Yes. And regardless of what the actual answers were, the point was that the discussion was had so that everybody knew going into it what was going to be okay. Yeah. And for me, because I have an overactive imagination, <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> yes. You have a scumbag brain. I do. Sure. Yeah. At one point in the movie, they ask themselves or each other, it's presented in the movie, why do you want to be in an open relationship? Mm-hmm. Why do you want that? I think that's an important question for any couple to ask. Why do you want to be in an open relationship? Why do you want to open that relationship up? Their answers were to be more yourself. Yeah. Which I found very strange that you need to open your relationship in order to be yourself. Why can't you be yourself with your partner? But also with the plan to then eventually close the relationship and then what, not be yourself again? Yeah, what happens to those pieces of yourself that you only showed to other people and not the person you planned on spending the rest of your life with in an exclusive relationship? That was a weird thing. and A flawed argument. And and to use, to to get more use of your body. Okay. Like my, my butt's not getting fucked enough, so this way it will get fucked more. Yeah. Again, only until we get married and then that thing will never happen again. Right. And I I felt like those were weird reasons. But hey. Everybody's going to have their To each reasons. his own. Yeah, yeah. And I think that when you are looking at this kind of relationship, and we talked to Decoding Couples a little while ago about cracking open a previously monogamous relationship. Right. And we talked about that then, and I think it bears repeating now. It is so important to do your research. Yes. This is a huge, huge This is going to put a lot of change in your life. Stresses on a relationship. On your whole life. When you think yeah. about how important your romantic relationship is and how large a part it plays in the overall happiness of your life, how could you... Enter into something like this without doing any research yeah, at all. Yeah. And it just seemed like they hadn't done anything like that. It's like going vegan without doing your research. Ill-advised. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. probably doomed to fail. It, it, it boggles my mind. There's so many incredible resources out there about how to do this. And maybe talk to people who are doing it. 
Not just sit in a tent in the middle of fucking nowhere in New Zealand and go, hey, let's do this thing. And it's going to be great. And we'll just do it for 12 months and then we'll get married and everything will be fine. (laughs) I feel like they had to be able to develop those rules. I feel like they must have done some research because those rules are pretty common. Maybe. They just don't talk about that. And the fact that they violate them right away right away right, right to jail straight to jail straight to jail <laughs> do maybe you have to put that in there okay you know, that super is fun. Well. Yep. knowing your why is always important for me okay and i think when we decided to have the relationship that we do it was the why was super important right and i didn't have that why until i did my research but maybe that's not for everybody i don't know there are lots of people that are blindly going through life just for sure flailing and, about. and trying to do this something like this like opening your relationship a lot of people do it really badly mm-hmm. and if they somehow manage to make it through that stage and survive that learning curve then it could be really really great that learning curve is painful bro yeah painful. I think I think most of the people we've talked to who we would consider are in a successful mm-hmm. non-traditional relationship have at least one story of where they did it badly. Shit going badly. Yeah. And that learning curve is steep and painful. Mm, can Sometimes. Be. It yep. can be. Yep, yep. They keep talking about how they're so good at communication. Yeah. I, I was looking forward to how... How well they communicated. Right. They were garbage at communicating and i just want to offer this point okay a lot of couples think they're really good at communicating when everything's going well right it's really easy to go aren't we amazing i love you i love you too you're amazing you're this and then the first wall you hit you can't talk to them about it (laughs) you always do this and you always do that yeah And it blows my mind how people think they're so good at communication. As far as I'm concerned, you're not good at communication until there's a fucking giant shit-covered elephant in the room. Gross. I know, it smells. And you (laughs) need to address that. That is when you know you're good at communicating. Right. It's great when everything's cool. It's just like talking about, oh, I don't know why all these people are having trouble having sex during COVID. We're doing amazing. Meanwhile, you met like a year ago, right before the lockdown happened. (laughs) And I thought that was really interesting how they they prided themselves on how good their communication was. And it was fucking garbage. Communication. It was, it was bad. Terrible. It was really bad. And she seemed to have no... She was oblivious. No concern as to what her behavior was doing to Ollie. Like, I think there was one... Like, she did a FaceTime. There was one time where he watched her have oh, sex yeah. with this dude. Yeah. And then... She gets up to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah. And, and like they, they've just finished. Yes. So she jumps up to go to the bathroom and he's like, uh, all he's like to the guy. So uh, how's it going, man? <laughs> and the guy's like, I'm, I'm just trying to like relax a little bit. Cool. Um, what do you do? Like, Could you stop talking? please? Yeah. <laughs> and then she comes back. She's like, oh. Boys, what are you two talking about? And you're yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? It seemed like it was unbeknownst to this guy that Ollie was on was online watching. No, I think he knew. Do you think he knew? I think he knew, but but I feel like But he wasn't happy. No, about and I it. feel like 
the scenario would have been something along the lines of, hey, so my boyfriend wants to watch because, you know. Is that cool? He likes the cuck sort of thing or the hot wife kind of thing. Yeah. Like, is that cool? And I was like, whatever, you're hot. I'll fuck well, you. I don't cool. care. He's, yeah. he's not in the closet. He's online. Yeah. And then she tells Ollie, you know what? Like, we're done here. You can, you can, you can finish yourself off. I'm going to go. Yeah. And she kisses this guy on the cheek and boop. And then the, the screen, screen goes, goes dark. Black. And he's like left with his dick in his hand. Pretty like, much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that And was- she does that a couple of times where she wants to talk about how much fun she's having and all the, the sex she's having and the people she met and the dates she's gone on. And he's like, yeah, cool. I got a, I got a new bike lock. Yeah. Like there's a chicken calling outside. And she's like, why are you paying attention to the chicken? And he's like, because I don't want to fucking hear be, this. But he doesn't present. say that. Be present, please. And he doesn't say that. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't advocate doesn't say, for himself he say, at all. I'm really fucking upset with this because remember all those rules we made? Like you come, where's the, where are my feelings in all of this? Correct. Instead, he just like a punching bag just takes it and takes it mm-hmm. and takes it. Until he can't take it anymore. Yes. And I think that is the essence of kind of what the overall thing is. Is that this is a monogamous couple's worst nightmare. This is what they imagine would happen. Is that you're going to sit there online and watch your fiance get fucked by some dude and then she shoves you out to the side and goes all right you can you can jerk off and finish yourself off i'm, I'm gonna go for round two you're gonna make all these rules to protect your relationship yep. and to protect your partner and then they're gonna get ignored you're gonna get left behind and it's gonna be terrible and i think being on a platform a mainstream platform like hbo means that a lot of people yes. are gonna see this and yes. think that this is how it's done the way to do it or in, and, and, and this is what happens. This is how this unfolds. Because they see what th- these people are saying and they go, oh yeah, that sounds reasonable. They seem pretty smart. You're only as smart as the things you say and do. Okay. So you can say you're a good communicator and then you go and fucking act like that. Or you can say that you know what you're doing and you have all these rules and you have everything in, in place to safeguard. And then you go and behave like... You're single. Yeah. The other thing is that it it kind of makes non-monogamy seem like it's only about sex. Yeah. And I don't think that that's always true. Well, there's so much variation in a non-monogamous relationship. And I feel like what they were going towards was more of like a polyamorous type situation. right? As opposed to... I'm going to have sex with with people. You're going to have sex with people. But we're not going to get feelings or anything. Right. We're just going to... It's just going to be sex. Right. And because they never kind of clarified... No. ...what that kind of boundary was... They fell into They fell stuff. into it. And, so and, and she did especially. She she starts an affair with her... Director. Director. Yeah. Oh, like while she's still away living... They're, so they're living long distance. And then he meets a woman. Yes. Siobhan. Yeah. And they seem to have a really sweet connection. Yes. And she she is the only person in this whole thing that does this properly. Yes. They haven't even had sex yet. And she films a video for Zoe saying, I'm Siobhan. This is who I am. This is what I like. I'm very happy to spend time with Ollie. I'm not trying to take him from you. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to meeting you. I hope we get a chance to do that. And she seems the like the only person who yeah. is is doing this properly with respect 
to the relationship to Ollie, to Zoe. The guy that Zoe... Zoe's director. Has no regard for their relationship. And she seems to not have a problem with that. Well, she doesn't have a problem with that because director guy has said he's just gone out of a bad relationship and he doesn't want to have kids and he doesn't want to get married. So therefore, therefore, that relationship container is limited Mm -hmm. because she does want to get married and she does want to have a family. And this guy doesn't want that. Presumably. Presumably. But this guy doesn't want that. And so therefore, as long as the relationship stays in that box, everything's okay. But that's, that is monogamous thinking placed over. Well, that zero sum game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you be able to have both? Right. Why can't she marry Ollie and have a family with Ollie, but also have this guy... But also be in love with and have a relationship with and then, didn't, didn't this he, guy. Didn't he say that he wanted to like be there when they had kids or something? Yeah. It was like, well, I'll come and hang out with you. And, and Ollie was... You, it's very. It gets established very, very early that Ollie is not comfortable with how deep and how all-encompassing this yes. relationship between Zoe and her director He becomes. can see. He can see it's going downhill for him really, really, really quickly. Really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And she... There's a there's a point where Ollie is out hiking and they are texting. Him and Zoe are texting back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's the most painful conversation because they they put up their conversation as like text bubbles. Text yeah. bubbles. Yeah. And it's the most painful shit. I <laughs> Cause he's We he, had to pause a bunch of times and go, did. Oh my God. <laughs> like she says to him, he's out hiking by himself presumably doing some soul searching and and dealing with the jealousy and anybody who has experienced their partner being with someone without you in real time knows how that is quite literally something to get through Mm -hmm. it's very difficult i've done it a couple of times you've done it Mm -hmm. a couple of times it's it's not easy to do i'm not saying it's impossible no but you have to grapple with and come to terms with some pretty intense emotion some raw stuff yeah 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 and And he's doing that and he's doing that he's out and she's texting him and he's being really short well he's trying to say i'm hiking right now i'm doing that i'll text you later yeah leave me alone and all of a sudden she's not getting enough attention from him so she keeps texting him and texting him and texting him and then she's like so Tom says, hi, get your ass back on the dating apps. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're going outside. Good for you. I'm so like, proud of you, you for getting outside get and getting in activities. Yeah. And you want to go, fuck you. Yeah, fuck off, Zoe. All the way off. And so he, he actually, Ollie actually makes a real attempt to follow the rules, especially with Siobhan. Yes. Where he says, is it okay if. I go to Siobhan's house and we have yeah, sex. They, and, he didn't, he and didn't have Zoe, sex with her until, no. until he talked to Zoe about it. And Zoe acts like a fucking... She cries and she gets all upset and she's like, okay, that's fine. Just like as an emotional terrorist. And you're like, I'm sorry. Wasn't there a montage like 20 minutes ago of you <laughs> fucking like six different guys? Yeah. 
How? Without without warning? And and at no point did you ever talk to Ollie about it beforehand? No, and I want to go, yo, what happened to Samesies? You're like halfway through the through the talk, you're like, what the fuck happened to Samesies? I haven't seen him with another guy. I haven't seen her with another woman. Yeah. Like it's all the dick all the time. Or like and And, this and is the Siobhan. Thing. And Siobhan, <laughs> yeah. who's perfectly lovely. Yes. Her bangs are too short, but that's okay. They'll yeah. grow in. I feel like that happened over COVID. You know, she yeah. did that thing where she tried to cut her own curtain bangs and yeah. just didn't didn't go well. Is that what those are called? I think the curtain bangs. Cut. No, I think curtain bangs are the ones that kind of come down like this. Oh, they like part down the middle almost. And... Yeah, like the Farrah Fawcett. Okay, I feel like those are. Cur- right. I mean, I don't do bangs, bangs. Bangs rarely look good when people do them. Well, I feel like there's some people that could get away with it that have like really poker straight hair but those of us in the curly haired crew yeah just it's not gonna can't. work i <laughs> do you remember that person that we knew that was uh we were in the middle of of in in the middle of a game reserve in south africa and this person would get up at 4 30 in the morning to flatten her bangs yes <laughs> yeah and in in the See? process blow circuits in the <laughs> not very practical in the lodge yeah so there's a part where Ollie goes to visit. I think it's his friend. I don't think it's his brother, but he his his name's Wilbur. Do you remember Wilbur? Yeah, Wilbur. That's just a friend. That's not his brother. It's just his friend. Yeah. And and he says, so I have a fiance and a girlfriend. And Wilbur is supposed to be the monogamous voice of reason. Yeah. Who's like, why do you need that? Like, yeah, why, why do, do you need, you need both? both? What's the matter with you? And he's like, how do you how do you have feelings for those two different people? And I know I give you shit for and this And all Ollie uses something, an example that I have often tried to <laughs> use yes. when people go, I don't understand. How you can love more than one because person. Because a lot of people feel, especially with romantic love, that it is a zero-sum game. Yes, so that you have to, if, if you love someone other than your partner, you have to take some love from your partner and give it to that Right, person. and the example I always start with is like, you have more than one parent. Yes. And you might have a favorite, but... Because you have two parents doesn't mean you love one parent less. And you experience this when you have your kids, if you have more than one kid. And he says that to Wilbur. And my response, his response, was your Wilbur's response. response is my response, yeah. which is you don't fuck your parents and you don't fuck your children. Yeah. As soon as you introduce sex, that changes, changes everything. everything. But I also think that is about the way sex is is viewed in our yes. society that yeah, yeah. sex equals love yes full stop full stop and so if you fuck someone else then that means you don't love your partner anymore mm-hmm. or that and that's not always the case you can have sex without love you can have yep. love without sex yep. you can have <laughs> i don't know what my third one was yeah well, be. you can have sex without love know. and love without sex and and you can have and a drink sex and forget sex. you third point <laughs> yeah I don't know. Two points to, mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. And he's like, well, no, um, you know, uh, uh, uh. and he doesn't have a really good example to, to, to kind of like, you know, Wilbur's like changed my mind. He really, and- he really doesn't have a response to that. And I wrote in my notes here, I'm really enjoying these, by the way, this is, I should do this all the time. I wrote hubris. Did you color code your notes? No, this is from oh, the, it, the, the printer test screen. The Xerox printer uh, <laughs> test, test sheet. I didn't want to waste it. <laughs> I wrote hubris in giant block letters yes. and I said it brought down Xerxes and Ollie. <laughs> and then I wrote jealousy and being threatened are two different things. Yes. What do you think that means? 
I think jealousy is an emotion. Jealousy is your emotion. Right. Feeling threatened is somebody else's action. Yes. That's the way I take that. I I agree with you. Like it's one thing to be jealous of somebody being with your partner. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's your thing. That's you got to deal with that's that. That's your thing. Why yeah, are yeah. you feeling that way? Right. Whereas if to feel threatened by somebody being with your partner, what are they doing yeah. that is threatening to you? And I wrote that because of the relationship between Zoe and Tom, where Tom right. doesn't seem to factor Ollie into... He doesn't care. And he doesn't give a fuck about Ollie. He Zero. Wants, he only considers him and Zoe in the relationship. Yep. And so... Tom is a threat and Ollie, rightly so, feels threatened yeah. by that relationship. Yep. And I think that's a very important distinction. Oh, well, you're just jealous. No, I feel threatened. And I think that's language that a lot of people need to learn and that distinction that people need to learn between feeling jealous. You're right. That is something that you need to work through. Mm-hmm. Feeling threatened is either your partner not doing enough to make you feel safe or the person that your partner's with making you feel unsafe. Right. So that was that was an interesting little visit where, you know, you can see that hubris of, oh, I've got a fiance and a girlfriend. Like, look at me go. And well, Wilbur's like, dude, you're about to take a I think all these experience. I think this is a very typical experience. I you know what? I don't I don't think. I know that this is a very typical experience where a heterosexual or a male female couple, regardless of their sexual orientation, but mm-hmm. a male female couple opens up their relationship. Mm-hmm. And the female half of the relationship is swimming in whatever it is she wants, whether it's dick or pussy yes, or okay. whatever. Yep. And then the dude, I guess unless he's a gay guy, cuz I feel like it's different for gay guys, but if he's heterosexual, or bisexual and looking for women, mm-hmm. it's very and, and Ollie addresses this like it's difficult to go on a date with somebody who is in a relationship with another woman. A lot of women are kind of like, mm. and I I found that too on that dating too. apps and things like that. Mm-hmm. That it's one thing when we're starting the conversation and it's perceived that I'm not attached, but as soon as I'm with somebody else, all of a sudden that's weird and strange. And and a lot of women go, oh, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a one girl, one guy kind of girl, and so I just can't deal with this. And all he says, or they that, just, or they just unmatch you, or they just unmatch. unceremoniously. Yeah, which well, that's fine. But Ollie then goes on this date with a guy, mm-hmm. and it goes terrible. Yes, because he just is. Oh, I forgot about that. How yeah. he goes on a date with a guy and it's awful. Yeah, he wrecks it because he keeps trying to film it, and the guy's like, "Stop filming me." <laughs> And he does, and and he he's like he's like taking a drink, and he's got his phone up, and he's like, "Are you filming me?" And he's like, "Oh shit, sorry," and like puts down his phone. Yeah, which, it, I think it lasts fifteen minutes. Yeah, and he's like, "So, so it's been fifteen minutes, and my date's done." So it's nine fifteen. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not, going for my nine o'clock date. It's nine fifteen, and it's over. And he doesn't have any luck, right? But but when he meets Siobhan, all of a sudden he's like, "This is fucking amazing!" Like, yes. I got a. I'm on a date. This is cool. I got a fiance. I got a girlfriend. Like everything is great. Yeah, they. Him and Zoe and Siobhan have a threesome. Yes, they do. And then... Well, okay, hold on. Yes. Zoe and Ollie Mm -hmm. are at Siobhan's house. Yes. Her apartment. Yes. Pet sitting her dog or whatever. Oh my God. Because Siobhan's out of town. And she's coming back and they're going to have a threesome at Siobhan's place. Yes, yes. And they're like, we got to get ready for this threesome. And... When I think of getting ready for a threesome, 
I think of having a shower. That's usually doing paramount. Doing some yep. grooming. Yep. Picking an outfit. Sure. Making sure the venue is set. Absolutely. Ha- having supplies. Got the go bag ready. Right. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> Ollie and Zoe decided that they both needed to do enemas before their date (laughs) because there might be butt stuff. Oh my God. They do enemas in this woman's apartment. Yeah. This is where we see Ollie's penis. And we yes. kind of confirm that his, his, his bit about small penises are, are, mm-hmm. might be... Well, but we don't know. He could be a grower. We don't know. I mean, yes, true. He could be a grower, not a shower. But... And and this place is weird because like the so awful. the bathtub is in its own room, and then but the, the toilet is in another room, room. <laughs> yeah. and so he has to run from like the bathroom to the sort of to the the room where the bath is to the room where the toilet is oh. to let out all this water and and shit and shit and it's like, just like he has an explosion and I'm just like how could you how do you violate somebody's apartment in that way. I don't know. And then twice, twice. It's so gross. I don't know why it's included, but well, because so have... this is a documentary, right? So they're okay, documenting right. okay, warts fine. and all. I could have gone without the enema scene. I agree. The enema scene was unnecessary. Unnecessary. But I think it was. I think what it was is to set a very low bar for you, <laughs> so that when the threesome happened, mission accomplished. Well, yeah, because when the threesome happened, it's such they've climbed out of the valley onto the top of a mountain and this is the pinnacle of everything you think everything is going to be great sure and then the next day yes they are in the airstream again just just the two of them yes and zoe asks ollie have you said the l word to siobhan (laughs) and and he says no ollie stalls he's like what sorry what did you say yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's true yeah 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 he's but he says no doesn't he yeah like no he says, i mean no, wait, what hold no, on what, what did no. you say and yeah and she says she comes right back with well tom said it to me yeah and he goes uh, have you said it back and she says yes tom said that he would suck a dick for me like isn't that the ultimate declaration of love and what does Ollie say like, to her? I've sucked lots of dicks for you. <laughs> I suck dick for you all the time. I suck dick for you all the time. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my question to you, Dante, is where is your ultimate declaration of love <laughs> Do I need to me? suck any dick for you? <laughs> well, not that... any... Can I pick it? I mean, I guess if it's going to happen, yeah. You, uh, you're going to pick it. I just thought that he looks so broken. He was so distraught about that. I was really upset about that because I felt like she knew that. Yeah. She knew how much that was going to hurt him. Oh, she said it because it was going to hurt him. Yes. And and I learned something about this movie, this documentary before we watch. And I wanted, I didn't say anything to you because I didn't want to, I didn't want you to look through it this lens, but I, I'm watching that scene happen and mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I think I, I think this is the point where I have to tell you what I know about this documentary. No. And thankfully... You kept your mouth shut. I kept my... Well, no, no, no. That's not what I'm thankful about. But thankfully, what I knew became apparent shortly after oh, that. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I can't so. remember when that happened. But wait a second. Yeah, yeah. We're not, gonna, we're not there yet. It's a teaser. Then there is a point where Zoe goes back to be with Tom. Yes. And you can't see them. You can only hear them. They're in the dark. They're in bed. And just, just to remind everyone, 
One of the reasons why she felt that this was a safe enough relationship to have at such a depth with him was because he had just gotten out of a relationship and right. he didn't want a relationship and he didn't want kids. Didn't and want to get want married, this. didn't want to have kids, didn't and want a family. So everything's in subtitles because they're whispering very gently to well, each other. Well, he starts saying like, you're not filming as much as you used to because she was supposed to be documenting, documenting her side of right. what was going on. And he's like, you didn't, and then that's kind of opened the conversation. And so you can hear Zoe and Tom speaking to each other in the dark. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he says to her, I want to have babies with you. Yeah. And you go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, uh uh-oh. Ollie's going to have a hard time when he edits this footage. (laughs) (laughs) And then the dudes meet. Yes. and then it's time. Then it's time for him to get on a plane and fly from Dunedin to Auckland. And... There are some really awkward moments where basically Tom just pulls his dick out figuratively Mm -hmm. where they're talking about because Tom is a director, Ollie's a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. And then Tom goes, you make documentaries. Like, is that even directing? (laughs) They're having a picnic. Well, like your boyfriend, what's his name? Alvin? (laughs) It's like mispronouncing your boyfriend's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so disrespectful and it's so rude. And she doesn't say anything. No. She doesn't do anything. She lets it play out. And it's this dick measuring contest between Tom and Ollie. And she and Zoe makes the choice to highlight Ollie's weaknesses in front of Tom. Yeah. And it's so... That is... When you are in a relationship like this, it is so important for your partner to know... That you are on their side, that the two of you are a unit, that you are a team. Yep. And I know that in our in our relationship. I hope you know that. I that I would never without a shadow of a doubt, I know that you have my back on you might not agree with me on everything, but you have my back on everything. Yes. Yeah. And when we are engaging with other people, there is no like, can you believe he does this? Can you believe how stupid? Can you believe never, ever, ever. Would there be any kind of highlighting of anything that would that would embarrass you or was something that you didn't want shared? And like, what did she, th- what, what do you think Zoe's motivations were to be like that? Curring favor with Tom, trying to like appease Tom's ego that she really does want to be with him, even though this is her fiance that she's about to marry and potentially then break up with Tom with because they're going to close their relationship. That's an important question. That to me said... That was her first step of starting to sever the relationship between her and Ollie. Yeah. That she was making it clear to Tom Mm. that she was about to make a choice. Yeah, yeah. And it was heartbreaking. Like, they all go out together and she's dancing with Tom and Ollie's kind of sitting there. Ollie dances for a minute, but he's not, like... He's clearly not a part of the fun that they're having. He sits down. There's a really poignant scene at the end of the night... Oh, hold on. Before that. Oh, oh, okay. They're leaving. They're getting ready to leave the bar. Yeah. And Tom helps him put his jacket. Tom helps Ollie oh, put his jacket on. Yes. He helps Ollie with his jacket. And it's super awkward. Very emasculating. Yeah. Move. Like, oh, here, let me, oh, just reach back. Put your arm here. And you're just like, uh, and then the scene that you're talking like, about. fuck you, bro. Yeah. And so you're like. He deserves a punch in the face. Like, I usually don't, I mean, I don't, I don't usually advise violence as a solution but it's an option that's all i'm saying (laughs) so they leave the bar so they leave the bar and there's this particularly 
poignant scene at the end of the night. They're all walking kind of arm in arm. Well, she, she is walking probably 20 paces ahead, arm in arm with Tom, and he's behind filming them. Yeah. And he stops walking to see how far they will get before she turns around to see where he is. And it's quite a way. Before she away. turns around and goes, oh, wait, where's Ollie? Like that guy in... Oh, please uh, tell that story. It's so funny. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to so say. So we were, we were in Lisbon a couple summers ago. <laughs> and we went oh, to... Oh, I miss Portugal. We went to Belém. Uh, because they're, if you've ever had a Portuguese tart, mm. they are from this, like the recipe comes from this monastery in Belém and they can only be called Belém tarts basically if they're from this one bakery. And we were there walking along the river and it's beautiful and they've got, <laughs> uh, our American friends are really familiar with this. Up in Canada, we don't really have these rent by the minute electric scooters. That yeah, you they're can, called limes. Well, there's all sorts of different uh, like brands In of Lisbon, them. they were called limes. They were limes and they were all over the place. And Everywhere. they're super cool. Like it's like an Uber. You just pick up your phone. It tells you where the closest one is. You jump on it. It turns it on. You drive for whatever. And then it bills you for however many minutes you yeah. have, right? It's very cool. They're great. So they had these like cycling lanes along the river there. <laughs> and there was this couple and they get on their scooters and, and the, the male of the couple takes off. And she's having a problem. It's pretty crowded. It's very crowded. She's having a problem with her scooter. Hers is not, dead. Yeah, it's, it's not working. There's no battery. And she's just like shouting at him. Like, hey, <laughs> hey. And he, I'm not even kidding you. He gets like, he, he gets. A quarter of a mile away. At least. At he's least. like a kilometer away. <laughs> and then he turns around and she's just like pantomiming with her hands in the air. Like, come back. And he's like, oh, and we're watching the scene unfold. He's going, oh my God. He has no idea. He has no idea. No idea. Like, no. Yeah. And we were just, yeah, we were just watching him like take off. Like, And that was Zoe and Tom. Yeah. And poor Ollie left behind there. And so at this point, if you haven't already been getting the sense of foreboding that (laughs) shit is unraveling, it's pretty clear. So you think, rationally, that they would have a conversation about this. Sure. They would say, hey, I'm a little uncomfortable. But instead, they they go and have a threesome. Yeah. (laughs) And incredibly straight, Tom Tom sucks Ollie's dick. Yep. Ollie sucks his dick. Yep. And he says... We start fucking, and it, it isn't really clear whether the two men have sex, yes, or if there's just dick sucking that goes on. Yeah, because it doesn't seem very clear. Because it it, it basically cuts to the next morning, and yeah. they're in the shower together. All he's in, in Tom's bed. bed. Yes, I guess they all slept in the same bed. Yeah, and he's basically doing like a like a confessional video. <laughs> And they're apparently off in the shower together. Yes. And because, he's kind of talking he, about the night. Because he has a weird thing about showering with other people. He doesn't want to shower with other people. Okay, fair enough. Said. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess we need a justification for this. So then... And then he says, and like, you go, we oh, were fucking. that's and, cool. Yeah. Okay. And, and he's like, it was fucking great. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like you to tell the next part. So then he says, I told him to stop and pull out. And I'm so, like, pull yeah. out of you? Like, I yeah. don't, and I took the condom off. Yeah. Because I've told them, you know, one of our rules, which I never talked about, was that they always needed to use condoms, and they yes. always did. And by me taking off the condom, it's kind of the last bit of control I have over their relationship. Right. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, <laughs> fuck me. We were like, what? I can never. I could never imagine a situation in any of the group play or any of the sex that we've had with other people where I would be like, yo, bro, hold up a second. 
Come on out. Here, come here, sack. Like, take the, you know, like, take the condom off. And okay, go on. It, I, I, it seems. It's so, it, there's so many layers to that. Maybe just for us. Maybe everybody else would be like, oh, cool. He's cool with it. There's so many layers for us because of how important fluid bonding is. And I realize yeah. that's a weird It sounds phrase. grosser than it actually is. That is a huge deal for us. For us it is, yeah. Is to have sex without a condom. Mm-hmm. There's a... Penetrative sex without a condom. An enormous amount of trust and meaning to that. Yes. For us. Yes. Hence why it hit so hard when, yeah. he, when he was telling the story. And for him, it was also laden with meaning. Yes. Because it was him saying... He's letting go. Basically letting... You can... She's yours. Right. Because she's so clearly into Tom. And he, at this point, doesn't know anything about the conversation... No. ...that Tom and Zoe have had. No. Presumably. But he's now basically saying, off you go. Now... I will say this, from a polyamory perspective, Mm -hmm. which is not the style of non-monogamy that we practice, there are non-hierarchical relationship polyamory Mm -hmm. where there are no primaries or secondaries, you know, everybody's on the same level. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, in those situations, you could be fluid bonded with more than one person, right? Yeah. Um, But that is something we've always talked about. But... Not hang on. We've always talked about not making decisions in the moment. In the moment no, when everybody's yeah. naked and fucking and maybe had some drinks. That is not the time no, to decide. That was a bad idea. You know, let's just ditch the condoms. And you know how I know this is a bad idea? Anybody else who has been masturbating and then to porn and then come and then go, Oh, what the fuck was I watching? <laughs> Up until the point where you come, yeah. you are totally fine with that. Yeah, and fine then, with whatever's doing it And then for you yeah. orgasm and you go, what? What the, what fuck? the fuck was that, yeah. right? And that that's kind of, but. That's what Joe Rogan says. Jerk off first yeah. before you make any decisions. Yeah, go on a date. your brain before you go is on a date, different. Before you go on a date, jerk off. Did so you jerk off before you came to see? Uh, our first date? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't jerk <laughs> What are you doing mouthing words to me? <laughs> that was the night before. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like, it's two o'clock. I better fuck somebody before I go on my date with B. I don't want to be super nervous. <laughs> I don't want to be nervous and pent up. I probably would have, but I, but was, a little, have time. I was a little rushed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So okay. if I'd had the chance, I, I probably would have jerked okay. off. All right. I mean, yeah. I, Joe Rogan's advice is sage advice. I'll just, uh, let me just say that. <laughs> you're okay. mouthing that to me of course you didn't jerk off you had sex <laughs> it was like at least 18 hours before all right <laughs> i think it was more than that but anyway so pretty much the very next scene yes they break up over video chat do they break up over video chat yes, or they do, do they go high diving they break up over the breakup video happens chat. first. Yes. Okay. They break up over video chat, and he kind of starts monologuing about he says, the relationship. But he says to her, "We were perfect for each other," and right. she says <laughs> something that you have 
You identified. This is the first time you identified with Zoe in the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, the rest of it, she can go fuck herself. But she's not a very sympathetic character. She's in not. The movie. But what she says to him is something that I have either felt or expressed in previous relationships. Mm. He says we we're perfect for each other, and she says I was perfect for you. Which, on the surface, sounds a little conceited. It does. It does, <laughs> but I think it is possible for one person to be perfect for the other person and then that person not being perfect for you. Yes, I think that there can be a mismatch like that, absolutely. And you're right, it does sound conceited. And because you're predisposed to not like Zoe that's very way, much, because of all, it. you go, yeah. wow, what a fucking cunt. But see you next Tuesday, Zoe. I was kind of like, I've kind of said that before. I would have said that in my last relationship. Uh, Or maybe a couple before. I don't know. Because uh, I don't want to get shit for this. And I mean this with all the Send your shit to info (laughs) at cheatingonfear.com. Attention, Beatrice. (laughs) Or on Instagram at cheatingonfear. Okay. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, B. Men are not super complicated. Wait, what? (laughs) Men are not super complicated. So I don't think it's terribly difficult. Feed me, fuck me, let me go to sleep somewhere. Is that that pretty much it? Yes. (laughs) I don't think it's hard. I don't think it's hard to be a good partner. To a man. To a man. Okay. It is very hard to be a good partner to a woman, though. Let me tell you. Wow. (laughs) It's going to get a lot harder for you. I, I think that many men are very, they have very simple wants in yeah. a partner. They want someone who's fun and someone who likes to have sex and someone who likes food and someone who likes to do things and, or not and likes to hang out and likes to take care of themselves. It, it makes it. Uh, no, I, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think. It's like being type O blood. Universal donor. There you go. Do you know what I'm saying? Good for everyone. Yes. But right. that doesn't mean that everybody's good for you. And I have had that experience where I have been a good match for someone and made them happy, but they haven't done the same for me. Right. Because, well, how have you described me? A complicated woman with simple needs. There you go. Yeah. And you were just the right blood type. I guess. For me, I guess. You look super convinced What is by your that. blood type? A positive. Oh my God, me too. <gasps> oh my God, see? We could have had babies. We're... <laughs> We're made for each other. (laughs) And so I think you were kind of thinking that she was, he asked if she was pretending. Do you think that women pretend to be a certain version of themselves because they want to be in a given relationship? I think that that is a common, I think women will say that they have had they felt that they have had to present a certain version of themselves and i i think a lot of women feel like they can't be completely honest about who they are or what they want with their partner for fear Mm. that that could be something that could cause a relationship being judged or, or of being judged yeah and do you feel like that's when a lot of relationships start to break down when they get weary of playing that role and just decide I'm all done pretending to like your shit and pretending 
to be a person that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I think both men and women are on their best behavior for the first little bit, to be clear. I think everybody in a relationship at the beginning. I mean, if you're going to be your slovenly self from the very beginning. Well, but but, uh, it was like that article I read to you this morning about... with the stupid headline like do this one thing for six seconds every day to spark your sex life and like i had to read this whole article to find out it was like have a six second kiss every day because it'll it'll give you the same kind of chemicals you get in a new relationship but that's what it was talking about like (laughs) and then we tried it and uh and we're like six seconds isn't long at all no it's not no but yeah because what happens in the beginning of a relationship it's new and it's fresh and your brain chemical, your brain chemistry is completely different right, than right. when a relationship is established and the, the the chemicals that are produced are more of a bonding chemical as opposed to an excitement chemical, right? So it's dopamine. Ox- oxytocin versus dopamine. So And serotonin, I Serotonin think. and dopamine are yeah. th- at the beginning. Right. And then oxytocin is the bonding hormone. They call it the cuddle hormone. The cuddle it's, hormone. It's the same hormone that gets released when mothers nurse their babies. Right. Which is... Probably a good explanation for why you that don't kill wh- your offspring. Well, yes, no, you don't kill your offspring because they have the cuteness factor, right? But also because you're bonded to them, or at sure. least it's why why the- sure. But the but men aren't bonded to their babies the way women are. No, not at all. And and I will tell you from personal experience. I don't know about about the father of your children, but it took me a while to yeah. To, 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 to feel like I was bonded. That's to my why kids. they have the cuteness factor. That's why most children are born looking like their fathers. Oh, really? Yeah funny because none of my kids were born looking like me well they don't look like you now no not when they were born yeah they were blonde when they were born i am not blonde most babies are blonde when they're born unless most white babies are and gray-eyed yes but i I don't want to okay sorry this isn't isn't the show about the longest shortest time no (laughs) it's about hormones what i was going to say was that it's no surprise that oxytocin hormone isn't particularly sexy right so dopamine, serotonin, very sexy. And Oxytocin, it, not particularly sexy. And I think at the beginning of a relationship, you're not worried about bonding. You're, no. you're just worrying about being excited. Yes. And also practically at the beginning of a relationship, that, you're probably not living together. And that instability is sexy. It can be. Yeah, because that uncertainty is sexy. Right. And it, Will it, won't it? That kind yes. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we talking about this? Because of the relationship. Because uh, do you feel like you have to be your... Oh, right, pretending. Do you think women sure. feel like they have to pretend? And I yeah. think that, yeah, once you get to that point, yeah. Yeah. I, I can think of at least two examples of friends in my life who basically presented the hot, and they were women, presented the highlight reel of who Ooh. they were to kind of fit what they thought their now husband wanted. Uh-huh. And then... When they, they got married, they went back <gasps> to who they were, like what their kind of default position wow. was. And the husband's angry. And you're like, well, what do you... And, and, and the woman's like... They catfish their own husband. Well, yeah. And the woman's like, well, what do you expect me to do? It's like, well, you just spent the last 12 months convincing this guy that you're one way. And then he... Why buy the cow? Question mark. <laughs> right? You know, he buys the cow. And then... We're not cows. <laughs> he's a total matador. Okay. <laughs> but But... You know, you then get married under this premise mm-hmm. and then and then your new spouse is like, yeah, sorry, all those things I told you and all the things I said I like doing and all of that sort of... And we're talking religion, we're talking house cleaning, like all this kind of like stuff. Like division of, of duties and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, But we also talked about how that role assignment okay. is 
a fucking boner well, killer. Yeah, it, as too. A, it is. It is a lady boner killer. As yeah, well. uh, I think it's a male boner killer too. It's, no, I men don't care. It no, takes a lot more care, to, yeah, to kill the boner. Yeah, a lot less. You, a lot more. Sorry, a lot less for a woman. That's like sure. a basilisk for a male. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the special sword and the phoenix tears and. So what happens after that? I know you've been dying. I know you've been dying to like spoil it for everybody. So, so he's devastated by the breakup. And then what happens? And then they cut back to the beginning of the movie where they are on that high diving platform. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it wasn't just Ollie and Zoe on that platform. Who's also there? Tom was there. Yes. And Tom was filming them. Yes. Which makes sense because of the type of shot it was. Mm-hmm. And this is where I finally am able to divulge, because it becomes very, very clear, and, and Ollie starts talking about it, that this isn't a documentary. It's actually a movie based on documentary footage. Mm-hmm. And the reason I knew this is because I looked at the IMDb page, mm-hmm. and it had... The director's name and mm-hmm. his name in the movie was Self. Mm-hmm. And it had Zoe's actress name and playing Zoe. And I'm like, it should say Self if yes. Zoe is Zoe. But and it's not, not Zoe. And it turns out that Ollie had filmed this whole process that, that he was engaged to a, a woman named Zoe and that they were going to document their process and all this sort of stuff. Because at the beginning of the movie, they're with Zoe and Zoe's parents looking at a wedding venue. Mm-hmm. And they were obviously, those were actors because they weren't actually Zoe's thing. Mm-hmm. And Ollie proceeds to kind of go back through the movie and talk about all the kind of artistic liberties he took with this movie, basing it on original footage. And the the the, the woman that played Zoe actually has co-writer credits on the movie because it, it ends with him auditioning somebody yeah. And then they're holding cards of like, you know, I'm here. My name is so-and-so and I'm, I'm here to audition for the role of Zoe. And, I'm like, and you're really confused like, about what this. What the fuck is going on? And then, and then the actress who played Zoe through the whole movie, you see her audition tape or what they make it look like. It's her audition tape. And that's when it all kind of comes together. And so they watched footage. And this is where it all sort of kind of came together. And I feel like the, the movie actually redeemed itself mm-hmm. because it was extreme. Like all documentaries are, they're generally pushing a particular message. They're usually very one-sided. But from this, from the beginning, he looked like a victim, a simping victim the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like everything was happening to him. He had no agency in his whole. In he his did all the right life. things. She he, did none he of did the right things. And she was a, a, a cunt of a human being. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, and I'll give him a lot of credit for this. Mm-hmm. It turns out that actually he was an asshole for big chunks of this. Yes. And the reason that him and Zoe aren't together and Zoe gave her blessing for the movie, uh, for the movie to happen and they played some clips with her audio. Yes. And his visual. So you can hear what actually... And these were like scenes in the movie and they played the, the, the way it actually went down. Mm-hmm. And there are parts of it where the actress who plays Zoe kind of... He says something... Because he's like, she's a nymphomaniac, all she wants. And he's like, and, and, and she, Zoe, the actress who plays Zoe kind of turns to him and goes, oh, you were an asshole. Yeah. Like, no wonder she's not with you. Yeah. And she said that. She said, no wonder she's not with you. And I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Ollie a lot of props that it's one thing to make a movie where you are the victim and hero of that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's quite another thing to kind of expose your own shortcomings mm-hmm. 
even if it was at the end of the movie. And I understand from a narrative perspective why they did that. Sure. But I think it was this movie because I was really down on this movie and then this revelation happened and I'm still not a massive fan of the movie, but I feel, and this isn't like, I, I, I went to the movie theater when the Blair Witch Project first came out mm-hmm. before anybody knew that it wasn't a documentary. Right. And I came out of that movie and was like, holy fuck. Holy, I just watched somebody die from a fucking spooky fucking shit in a forest in Massachusetts. <laughs> I believed the hype of like they found this documentary student filmmaker team went out into the forest to investigate the Blair Witch and then they disappeared and they found their footage in the ground Mm -hmm. and the end of the movie, if that's how you think this movie is, the last scene in that movie is fucking chilling. This obviously isn't that. But it was a similar sort of like, oh, oh, fuck. Okay, so everything that has happened so far is colored through a through a lens of one person's experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not an actual true documentation of the whole process. There. Right. And there's a lot of shit that Ollie did wrong and yes. that he cops to yep. in, in this kind of, at the end. I mean... To a point. Chloe's shortcomings were about 90 minutes and his were about 10. Yeah. But it's his movie, so... It is his movie. Okay. And then he talks about... And what was kind of cool is that the that Siobhan was real. Siobhan was real. Wilbur was real. Wilbur was real. And and his mom was real because he does a lot of video real. chat. And basically the only people that weren't real in the movie were Tom. Yes. Zoe. And her parents. And, and Zoe's parents in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that was kind of cool. Yeah. But they did break up and they didn't get married. No, they didn't. That That's ultimately what ended up happening. And what we don't know... Is if Zoe is and if, Tom if, got if Zoe and Tom kind of... We don't... Yeah, yeah no, we, we don't know that. We don't know that part. No. And it so makes, we've so we've basically ruined this entire film. But this for is you. why you had. This we is why watched you have it, to watch so you it. don't have to. Yeah, but this is. But if but but if you got this far, you either have watched it or you're never going to watch, watch it. it. And I, I think honestly, it, it's a bit of a tell in the in the title of of the movie. Sure. There's no I in threesome. Well, there is. There's three. Three eyes. Yes. <laughs> well, I I I the three people. I guess there are the three people. But the thing is, is it's a play on the fuck. There's no I in team. Which is also stupid. Which is stupid, yes. But yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of stupid like that. So what are your takeaways from all of this? I think plot twist. Ah. I think what if this is actually a secret propaganda by the polyamorous community to keep all the looky loos out of polyamory? <laughs> What if this is a way... All we don't the, want you shitty rule-following people. Right. What if this is a way to keep all the people who are going to like break rules and, and just be shitty about it and cause drama? What if this is just a way to discourage them from ever trying? Huh. I mean, that's probably pretty far out. But that was... Uh, it doesn't that, really follow Occam's Razor, but okay. It doesn't really. But that, but, was, that was one of my sort of takeaways. I was like, what if this is actually just a way to discourage... Because it's on a huge venue. It's on HBO. This, this is going to get in front of a lot of monogamous people who might consider opening up their relationship. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Just don't. Because look... Because <laughs> you're bad at it. Cautionary tale. This <laughs> is... You don't want to be like Ollie. And you can stay out of our poly munches and all the sort of stuff that goes on. And, we don't want to see you at the, at the sex club. Yeah. Like, because we don't want to deal with your drama. There was a Cosmo review and... The take-home point from the review, which I thought was so great. And it was one of the only negative reviews. It was. On, on, the, on the app that we watched it on. It said, 
is basically a step-by-step guide on how not to open your relationship. Yeah. And I would wholeheartedly agree 100%. with that. 100%. And so many... Don't the re- do these things. And so many of the reviewers reviewed it and I feel like they didn't watch it to the end. <laughs> they were like, this is such an honest and heart-wrenching account of opening up a relationship. And I feel like if you think it's a documentary, yes, but once you know that it's no longer a documentary and it's a work of fiction... I don't feel like you can give those kind of same reviews. I don't agree with you. Okay. I think that it fuels that narrative of this is a cautionary tale. It's really heartbreaking to watch because we all know as monogamous people in traditional relationships, in traditional society, that this doesn't work. And finally, someone is telling the truth about polyamory and about open relationships, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't work. It's just... It's just expediting the end of your relationship. It's a, a sure path to heartbreak. That's what I think those, those positive reviews are about. It's like, don't worry, monogamy. You're safe. Do you, and I always wonder this, and anybody who's a movie reviewer, email us, info oh. at cheatingonfear.com. <laughs> if you see a movie that has a twist ending to it, like The Sixth Sense or The Blair Witch Project or... The usual suspects. The usual suspects. Kaiser Soze. Fuck you. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Fuck you, Kevin Spacey. Uh, but but if, if you watch something like this, which is positioned as a documentary, and when it becomes clear that it's not, it's a work of fiction and not a work of nonfiction. The Truman Show. Like the Truman <laughs> Show. But as a reviewer, how are you able to, re- like, are you bound by some kind of rule to not give away that twist, uh, even though it would change I your... I would imagine, yeah, I would say for sure. You can't do that. You but can't my, give my it review, away. My review of the movie would be very different if I didn't have that last 10 minutes not of the movie. Me. No? You think it would no, still No, because be I think it's, I think it's still documentary style. The course of the story is still the same. It's just your full picture of the documentarian doesn't come into focus until the last 10 or 15 minutes well, of the film. Because of the- but I think that's something that that is true with a lot of documentaries that you don't know what the intention of the filmmaker is. But but you you this is the this is my problem with it is you do know what the intention of the filmmaker is at the start of this mockumentary that you think is a documentary because he very clearly says we're going to get married in a year. We're opening up our relationship and we're documenting our journey. And you don't find out until the end of the movie that all of that is true, except you've been promised that it's going to be a kind of a a 30,000 foot view of it. And instead it is only Ollie's view of what went down. And and Ollie cut out all the bad things that he did Mm -hmm. and amplified the bad shit that Zoe did. But I think all documentaries are like that. They're all cut and edited to drive a certain narrative absolutely but all he told you at the beginning that there wasn't a narrative it was like we'll just see what happens right so you were led to believe and it's clever in that sense but Mm -hmm. you were led to believe that this was going to be an unbiased opinion Mm -hmm. and you would be able to form your opinion see i i don't think there's any such thing well but he's such a victim in this movie Yeah, yeah you kind of it doesn't take you very long to go wait a minute they're both really unlikable yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. He, I I have a couple of take homes. Okay. Takeaways for this. Let's let's hear your takeaways. New new feature in the uh, in the podcast. Do your research. Yes. Before and we have tons of just like any other life change. Yes. Buying a home, buying a vehicle, becoming a vegan, mm-hmm. having a child, 
people do their research. People look up stuff. At the very least, they'll Google it. It's really important that you do that. Yes. Any do your kind research. Of, do your research. Yeah, do your yeah, research. Yeah. And we have on our Things We Love page all kinds of resources about yes. how to do this kind of stuff. Last thing I want to say before we wrap up, and I really enjoyed this conversation with you. <laughs> Me too. Opening your relationship is not a fix or a temporary solution. Yes. For your relationship. The idea of getting sex out of your system is I think that was stupid. it was flawed from the beginning. But there are lots of people who think that having an open relationship is going to fix their broken relationship. Mm-hmm. It will not. It will expedite the end of your relationship and then you will think that non-monogamy was, was the cause yeah, of your yeah. relation of your relationship yeah, ending. Yeah. I will call out Uncle Dan when he says that when a non-monogamous couple breaks up, people are very quick to blame non-monogamy. Yes. However, when a monogamous couple breaks up, nobody blames monogamy. Right. Even though it's probably as much to blame in those relationships as non-monogamy is for the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I think the same culprits are at play in monogamous relationships and non-monogamous relationships. Lack of trust, lack of respect, lack of communication, lack of communication, incompatibility. All of those things are what breaks relationships up. And so that's that's just what I wanted to say. That's perfect. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.